Welcome to the Bible, Culture, and Life, a podcast that explores the relationship between our culture and the Bible. In the process of exploring their relationship, our goal is to suggest how a Christian can live in our world today. In this episode, Dr. Randy will present how our present American culture defines truth and how truth was defined classically in Greek culture and how the Bible defines truth. Here's Dr. Randy. Last week, we introduced what the Bible, culture, and life is all about. Today, we are going to start digging into the concept of truth. Webster defines truth as real things, facts, reality, something that is original and standard. I want us to look at truth from three perspectives, culturally, historically, and biblically culturally to gain a better understanding of how our world views truth today we need to review the progression of thought that has taken us from modernism to postmodernism to post-truthism modernism started around the beginning of the 20th century the basic premise was to change the way life was lived those who adopted the idea of modernism rejected tradition and authority Their goal was to realign contemporary society. The ideas associated with modernism were not universally accepted, but over time, many of the modernistic concepts have become the norm in our world. There were some really radical views that were a shock to most people. Now, first of all, some of the changes they proposed were not bad, like a woman's right to vote. An issue, though, that modernism fought against was prohibition. Speakeasies were underground bars where illegal alcoholic beverages were sold. Nihilism was another concept that came out of modernism. Nihilists rejected religious and moral principles. They believed that religion's aim was to control human actions and feelings. Modernism was aimed not just at religion, but at every aspect of life. Art, music, politics, science, philosophy. A contributing factor was the increase in scientific knowledge. Many thought that science revealed that there was no need for a god. They thought the church had rules and beliefs that were contrary to the truths of science. Traditional art consisted of artists painting people, scenes that were easily recognized. People knew what the painting was about, but in modernism, there were artists who wanted freedom, and so they ignored reality. They created their own view of things that had no resemblance at all to reality. Their rejection of reality opened the door for us to begin questioning what was really true. In science and philosophy, there were those whose writings begin to impact our world. Einstein, Freud, Nietzsche, F.H. Bradley. The combination of all these new ways of thinking and viewing the world began to leak into society. I believe there was a basic issue that drove the modernists. They didn't like the idea of a god who revealed that their actions and thoughts were sinful. Postmodernism took modernism to the next step. 
It expanded the concept of individual freedom. Each person can have their own truth. The postmodern begin to push much harder against the idea of truth. They rejected the concept of absolute truth and adopted relative truth. What you think is true is okay for you, but I believe the opposite, and my truth is as valid as yours. The postmodern culture adopted a pick-and-choose approach to relative truth. We find ourselves now in what is called post-truth. It is the newest cultural mutation. It was burst within the American political circles. It refers to a political phenomenon where political issues are framed in such a way so as to appeal to people's emotions. Basically, it is okay to lie. It is okay to rewrite history to say what we think it should say. Post-truthism proponents often tell stories that are not true, but say they are true in order to prove their point. Just the other day, I was listening to the news. A politician was asked, why did you say such and such the other day? The politician's response, I never said that. The problem was that the news show had just shown a clip of the politician saying what he denied saying. Basically, post-truth people are trying to negate truth so they can do whatever they want. Post-truth has left our culture in quite a mess. So how should we as Christians respond to what is happening culturally in our country? Let's turn the clock back and consider what we will call a classical definition of truth. The Greek word that was used by New Testament writers for truth is aletheia. It literally means truth, dependability, freedom from error. It was originally used to indicate something that was available for all to see. In other words, it was not hidden. In Greek philosophy, the reality behind all apparent reality, being our existence, was considered truth. Greek historians used the term to signify real events as distinct from myths. In legal or forensic language, it signified an accurate assessment of a fact. The idea of divine revelation was also related to Aletheia. In our last episode, I mentioned several scripture passages that would give us insight into biblical truth. Uh, the first passage was found in 1 Timothy chapter 2, where it told us that God is our Savior and that our God desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So God wants us to live in truth, not the world's, but God's truth, which leads us to salvation. The second scripture that we looked at was found in John 16, where Jesus said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Jesus was just preparing to ascend into heaven. And he stated that when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. 
and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Jesus said he is going to share the truth with you that you need to hear. The third scripture passage was in John the 8th chapter, verses 31 and 32. And Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. There are many ideas that we can get out of this passage. First, when Jesus tells his followers to abide in my word, he is referring to the words that he had spoken to them. The concept of abiding means that whatever you are abiding or dwelling in becomes part of who you are. So Jesus is asking his followers to make the truth, the words that he has spoken to them, to be part of who they are. They needed to become people of the word. The second idea is, if you do make Jesus' words a part of your life, then you are a disciple of Christ. Another thing that Jesus says is that you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It's an interesting concept about free. It literally what he means, I believe, is that when we believe him and trust in him and accept him as our Savior, then we are free from the restrictions that the world tries to put upon us. That post-truth concept that is contrary to nature, the fact and the idea that there are no absolutes, which when we believe the Bible, that is not true. There are absolutes. All we have to do is look at science to understand that there are absolutes. Like boiling water, water always boils at the same temperature. Whatever altitude you're at, water will always boil at that altitude at a specific temperature. Biblical truth indicates something that is correct or true that will never change. Post-truth does not accept the idea of certainty, at least not when it comes to God, but the truth proclaimed in the Bible is genuine and pure. The center or heart of biblical truth is Jesus Christ. John 14.6 expresses his truth in the words of Jesus. He states, I am the way and the truth and the life. Post-truthism presents a different concept. There is no unchangeable truth. Truth is constantly evolving. What was true yesterday is not necessarily true today. This creates a great problem for Christians, and we have to ask ourselves this question. How can we as Christians live in a post-truth world and not compromise our faith? One of the main tools that is used by post-truth proponents is repetition. They assume if they tell a falsity over and over again, people will eventually accept it as truth. Unfortunately, there are people who fall into that trap. Thinking of falsity is true. So how do we as Christians combat such a philosophy? There are two basic responses that I can think of. The first basic response is never compromise your faith. 
If you believe your faith is absolute, then you need to live your faith accordingly. A second basic response is that we need to repeat the truth of our faith over and over and over. Repetition. We also need to present the evidence of our faith, the evidence that is true and unchangeable. Now, the evidence that is used by post-truthism does not exist. Any evidence they give for a lie obviously is a lie. In episode 3, we will expand these two topics, how to not compromise your faith and how to present your faith, the truth, repetitively. We will also discuss what absolute truth is. Dr. Randy would like to hear from you. Any comments, questions, or thoughts on the podcast, you can send directly to Dr. Randy at dr.randyrobertson at gmail.com. We would also like you to send us any prayer requests you may have. Could you do one other thing for us? Tell others about the Bible, culture, and life. And once again, our email address is drrandyrobertson at gmail.com. That's dr.randyrobertson at gmail.com. And thank you for listening to The Bible, Culture, and Life.